Welcome back to the podcast I carried out with Mark Harris, the Enterprise Doctor. In this second part of this series, I talk about how do you define success and creating a vision for your business with Mark. We also discuss making yourself dispensable as a business owner and also where your ideas can come from best, which often is lying on the beach. I know you're going to love some of the things we talk about later on in the episode, including how business owners can stop interfering with the work employees do once they decide to bring them on, and also the life choices they make that guide their business for the future. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy it. I'm back with Mark Harris from Enterprise Doctor. We talked last time, we talked about business owners making a decision to step back from their business and make a fundamental shift in what they do. And the key bit is actually understanding for themselves what they enjoy and what they're good at. So Mark and I have been talking previously about helping business owners make that decision. And sometimes the fact that business owners need an advisor to give them that guidance to say, this is what you should be doing. So we're going to continue the conversation to talk about that and to look at some of the issues that business owners face in making that decision. And when they've made the decision, what stops them and what keeps them away from meddling in the things they used to do, which is the <laughs> fundamental tra- change they need to make. So Mark, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. Uh, when we were last time in our conversation, we, we, we ended up talking about you. You mentioned about the pub landlord and uh, the fact that they needed to, to step back from doing the accounts because that wasn't what they needed to be doing to generate revenue. They preferred to be in the kitchen talking about meals with the chef. Yeah. We see this all the time, but business owners who run their small businesses like to be involved in the nitty gritty, the back, in the back in the detail of it. How do we, how do you help them step up and see the bigger picture so they can recognize the value other people can bring? I have a question that I always ask clients when it's helpful for the, I know that we're going to talk about this kind of thing. And it's my starting question that sets the trend for that question. And the question for them is, from a business perspective, how do you define the word success? Yeah, yeah. Okay. If you'd said that to me two, five, eight years into my office stationery company, I knew what the answer was. The answer was the same all the way through. Even when I started it, the answer was the same. I want to sell my business. Okay. My children have no interest in office stationery. I'm not handing the business on to them. So either I just run it into the ground and die or I sell it. So I need to structure it and build it in such a way that it becomes saleable. And I was going to ask, do you know, clearly, Phil, you know, the most important thing about selling a business is to make the business owner dispensable. Yeah, yeah. Redundant, I view. Absolutely. Most people in their jobs invest huge energy in making themselves indispensable so they can't possibly get the sack. The company that buys the business you own does not want you you're going to be such a pain you're not going to let go you're not going to like what they do to your business go away Mm. but if you are the business if all of the customers buy from you and know you and love you and come to your house for your summer barbecue every year and and it's all about you good night charlie yeah yeah. And you, you, I'm not going to say you're not going to sell it, but it's much harder to sell it. And I'm not saying that your objective should be to sell your business. But if 
your definition of the word success is one day I will sell my business and I'll sell it with enough money to do whatever the next thing is. And that might be start another business. And it might be before I ran my stationary company, the longest I'd ever been in the job was two and a half years. And I ran my stationary company for 12. And by the time I sold it, I was just so ready to do something else. I loved it to pieces, but I was so ready to do something else. So If the answer to your question is, I want to sell my business, well, step one, you're going to make yourself dispensable. And if you want to sell it after a decade, nine and a half years in is the wrong time to start doing that. And this is the key. This is, you know, it's fascinating you say this because uh, way back in 2000, in fact, I worked for a very small business. uh, And the owner of that business nominally gave me 10% of the business when we sold it. Wow. And we hadn't sold it at the time, but I went off to an MBA project as a young person, went off and did my MBA. And the, the project I did at that time was how to sell that business because it was in my interest because I owned 10%. I'll tell you about the 10% later. Uh, and I came back after my year-long MBA project, having done lots of academic things. And I realized the business was, had no value. It was unsaleable in its current guise. There were five of us in the business. We had no contracts with our customers. We had no, interesting, we had no contract with our employees and all the value sat within one man at the center of the business. Everything had to go through him. So the business was valueless. My 10% was worth a zilch at that time. And the key for me, what I realized after, and it took me another 15 years to realize this, it's actually what's the structuring program you need to go through uh, way before you consider selling. And when I say way before, I think five years is a good time to get the business in shape. And the key fundamental decision you need to make at that time as well is, I have a vision of selling this business. I have a vision. If you haven't got that vision in mind, you're never going to achieve it. And a lot of business owners forget that one day, some way, they're going to leave their business. It may be in a wooden box, (laughs) maybe with with a paycheck. It's a choice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that people need to think about what they want for their future. The one thing that that a lot of us lack is freedom. And in many ways, we have freedom and in other ways, we lack it. But as an entrepreneur, as somebody running a business, from a professional perspective, you have more freedom than somebody who's employed. And I could argue against that, but hey, let's, let's take that for now. So if you love doing what you're doing, you're going to do it till you drop dead. And that's your definition of success. If I can keep doing what I'm doing till I drop dead, that ticks all the boxes for me. I'm not interested in selling my business. That's what I want to do till the day I die. Then structure the business so that you can do that. If you want to sell it one day, then structure the business so that you can do that. And it makes no sense to me to not bother thinking that through because you are if i said to you phil you and i let's go on a car journey um let's let let's go yeah the first thing you're going to say is well where where are we going oh oh didn't i mention that well i was thinking of edinburgh well actually you might say i'd much rather go to southampton yeah and you know what from the thames valley day one there's a big choice north or south depending on where you're trying to get so you've sort of got to think it through oh and by the way if we're going to edinburgh that's a long drive yeah so maybe we could fly but actually that's more expensive than driving 
or is it how many miles per gallon do you get in your car and you know do the maths is an expression i used in the earlier recording i'll use it again now still with an s on the end you got to have you got to decide where you want to get and then decide how you want to get there and if selling your business is what you want to do you have to make yourself dispensable if growing your business is what you want to do then that involves people Mm. yeah there comes a point you can grow it and grow it with just you but there comes a point where you run out of hours in the day yep and that's the key i uh, back in Back in 2014, I was going around town, around London, running a seminar series, and it was all around uh, how to grow your business, how to scale, in fact, how to scale your business, even if you never want to sell it. Because my view is actually you can create a better business by scaling it now and making it more valuable. Because actually, a more val- valuable business is actually more fun to run. Absolutely. Most business owners come into business, I believe, for one of three reasons. And there's lots of other reasons, but if you contextualize that they come into business because they either want more time, less stress, or more money than they had before. Yeah. And actually, you can create a business which is more valuable, which is better to run. It's less stressful, less time consuming. But you know what? You can go and have your two days on the golf golf course a week if you really want to do it, if that's your thing. Yeah. And you can still earn the revenue. But you have to get the fundamental structure in place to enable the business to run without you so you can go and play golf. Absolutely, absolutely. I can well remember the first time I went on holiday when I ran my office stationary business, referred to earlier, and I phoned from the airport because this was, I think it was pre-mobiles, whatever. I phoned from the airport to say, on the way out, to say, how's it going? And my office manager, who was very much my number two in the company at that point, said, yeah, fine, go on holiday, go away, leave us alone, get on with it. And I said, yeah, okay, bye. And off I went on holiday. And call me if there's a problem. Absolutely, Mark will call you if there's a problem. And when I came back, I found that she was lying through her teeth. We had two delivery vehicles because we did our own deliveries. One of them had been driven into a tree. The other one had broken down. So we had no delivery vehicles. They were ringing every hire place they could find to try and hire a couple of vehicles now. And meanwhile, the drivers were sitting doing nothing over a cup of tea and the goods to be delivered were just sitting there, not being delivered. And you know what? They dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, though, at first I was angry, genuinely. Why did you not tell me? Blah, blah, blah. And I don't shout, but I'm exaggerating to make a point. What would I have done? What would I have done different to what they did? Nothing. Would I have done it quicker? No. Did I have contacts that I could have leveraged at car hire companies? Van Hart? No. They did everything I could have done. And you know what I was doing? I was lying on a beach. Tell me the bit that's wrong with that. This, this is the fundamental thing, is it? So many business owners have that feeling that they need to be back in touch with the business to check everything's all right. Mm-hmm. But you've just hit the nail on the head. If you build a successful business that's valuable, value is about creating structure. If you get the right structure with the right talent and capability and culture, the business can run itself and you can be free to go and do the strategic activities, which could be called lying on a beach, Mm-hmm. And run itself with those people in there because they come to work to do a good job for the business as long as you set the right tone in place then you've got a business that actually can be grown and valued and you can sell it one day because that structure's there absolutely and i'll be honest and this might make you sad but when i was lying on a beach i was thinking about the business 
But what a luxury is that instead of phones and emails and hassles and customers and suppliers and banks and stuff, there was me on a beach thinking, so how's the business going? What am I getting right? What am I getting wrong? Really reflective. I came back with so many ideas and made so many changes to make things better. And I would really recommend that to people. If you possibly can, then, then just sort of take a break. But the other thing that I just wanted to mention is about, I spoke in the, the previous recording about losing the things that you don't like doing and the things that you're not good at and keeping things you'd like. And you'd, you'd. I often draw the analogy with the teaching profession, people go into teaching because they just love standing in front of a class full of kids and imparting knowledge and seeing the wide eyes of realization when these young people are educated and grow and all of that positivity. And if you say to those people, do you ever think about maybe being a head teacher one day? Well, yeah, because, you know, clearly that's a much better salary and there's all sorts of perks and you get to mold. Every head teacher that I know looks wistfully at teachers going into a classroom and saying, I used to like doing that. Mm -hmm. And your job changes as the company changes and if you're a head teacher the clever ones also teach because you know what it keeps their finger on their pulse <laughs> they know what's going on in the classrooms they know that the radiators aren't working and stuff and they keep their hand in with whatever the trends are in education and when i ran murphy stationery company I did telesales as well. I cold called people. I have, can remember one customer of mine who was such a pain, such a pain, such a pain. <laughs> In the end, that by mine, I mean, I was the telesales person who looked after them. And there came a point when they were being particularly unreasonable and stroppy. I've had enough of this. I want to talk to the managing director. And I said, speaking. <laughs> it was one of my favorite moments love it love it if you love what you're doing then when you are structuring your business and building other people around you and building infrastructure be that physical or people or whatever do it in such a way that you still get to do what you love doing and and you will probably have to lose some of that because there's only a certain number of hours of the day but whatever it is is the bit that you love doing then do that. I know a guy who runs a business and it's his business, he owns it, and somebody else is the managing director. And that's a good thing as well, because often the owner is not necessarily the good managing director. They're good with the idea. So it's the typical, uh, there's a, a wonderful statue in the centre of Birmingham, uh, which, which describes three 17th century people, one of which was the inventor, one of which was the entrepreneur, one of which was the money behind the business. You needed all three to make it work because the entrepreneur on his own didn't have the ideas. The inventor on his own didn't have the creative business sense and they didn't have the money. So they had to have the three legs of the stool to come together. And if anyone wants to read that about Marcus Kretoptris, Kosick and the coal mines, that's a brilliant story to read. And for me, you have to get that role right and decide which bit are you. And, and when I talked earlier about the, the business owner in the previous podcast, we talked about selling, making, doing, uh, delivering and, and servicing the customer. My view is if you have this, this revenue generating piece and then you have the admin bit and the HR and those other things, one's a revenue, one's a cost. And if you take cost from revenue, 
you end up with a surplus of money. You can choose what to do. And if I was running this as a presentation, I would say, what do you get? And everyone says profit. And the answer is no, it's not. It's a surplus. And what the owner can choose to do is go up a level and do the strategic work, which is what's my vision? What's my product? What's the positioning? What's the channels to market? What's my marketing strategy that I need to put in place? And that's strategic work to enable the business to work. And a lot of owners don't get that because they think, oh, I can't do that because I haven't got time because I'm too busy making money or doing the admin. But actually, when you do that, that bit, so when you're talking about lying on a beach, people come back with ideas. They come back with full of, full of things to make the business transform. And that's the bit that adds real value to a business as opposed to just revenue generation, which most business owners get stuck in. Absolutely right. And, and, and I'm conscious that there was a question that you asked me, which I don't think I've answered, which was how, how do people stop interfering? Yes. How do you not interfere? And it's really hard to do, especially if you're in the habit of doing things and now somebody else does it when you're still in the habit of doing it and you want to look over their shoulder and make sure they're doing right, all that good stuff. I think there's there's two strategies that are very sort of similar and it's about value. And if I've got a PA to make appointments for me and I stand looking over a shoulder pointing at the screen and saying, no, what about Thursday morning? Well, you know, I may as well do it myself. So I'm investing my time and I'm paying her. And forgive me if that's sexist, but most PAs are female. They're very good at it. And yeah, so, you know, duh, to, to coin a phrase. So the, and the allied question is, if I spend 10 minutes doing that or an hour added up doing that, what else could I have done mm. with that time? So to, to do the task that you're not good at or don't want to do instead of generating more money than it would cost you to to get somebody else to do it we've already said is tending towards madness so you know but to pay somebody else and do it yourself really really let them get on with it let them do the job you know i i have looked clients in the eye when i have an appropriate relationship with them so i can say it and said how mad are you? You're paying them to do it and they're sitting there watching you do it. Yeah. Really? And how much job satisfaction do you think they get out of that and how long are they going to stay? Yeah. I think there's a fundamental thing there, isn't there? And this comes back to the same thing about business owners letting go. And I, I, I use this phrase now that business owners have to step up to become business leaders. And even if I'm running a small business, I'm still a leader of a business. And, and the fundamental transition is as a business owner, I'm doing lots of things. As a business leader, I'm running a business, trying to grow an enterprise to take it to the next stage. So this transition from ownership to leadership, I think, is key. Because when you can do that, you can actually say, All right, how do I get people to do the jobs that I was doing and can do, but prefer someone else to do? So in my role, I don't want to be doing the accounts. I don't want to be doing my books each month. Therefore, I find a bookkeeper. I found an accountant to do it. I don't want to be doing the diary bookings on the hotel management. I let someone else do that. Yeah. But the difference is you have to understand how do you make that happen so that you can enable yourself to go and do those other activities, which add even more value to the business. So, so I think, I think the, the key bit for me is that actually business owners have to, have to do a couple of things. They have to, one is create a vision of where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Two, once they've got that vision, they need to understand what structure they need in place to enable them to get to their destination. 
Yeah. And when they've got that structure, they then need to make a conscious decision not to meddle, not to interfere, but to trust other people to do the job as well as or better than they would have ever done it themselves. And if you get those three things, you can grow a business. I think that's beautifully summarized. And I think, yeah, just to go back to where maybe we started with, with the, the other conversation we had, and I, I guess finishing in a similar place is a good idea. It's about that question that I love to ask people, how do you define the word success? Mm-hmm. Because what is it that you want to do? And we've talked all this time about growing, about delegating, about all of those things. So let me tell you, Enterprise Doctor is a one-man business. I have no bookkeeper. I have no VA. I've not done any of the things that we've talked about. But I tell you, the one that I have done is I've asked the question of myself, how do you define the word success? And I, because I ran a business with 10 people, with a warehouse, with two vans, with stock, with a, yeah, a 1.4 million turnover, so it's 100 grand a month. But you know what? I needed 60 grand a month to break even. So, you know, when you've got that kind of stuff. So when I, a decade ago, had a blank sheet of paper, what do I want to do? And I don't want stuff. I don't want premises, I don't want stock. And I absolutely recognized at that time that I was creating a business that I cannot sell. Yeah. But for me, at that time of life, I also wanted to devote time to voluntary work that I do. I also wanted to develop a career in politics as a a local councillor. I also wanted to try this thing and try that thing and actually spend a bit more time with my family and because that was my definition of success I proactively built the business structure that enabled me to do that in the full knowledge that selling enterprise doctor is something that would be very hard to do because it is yeah and you know the the thing I love, love about that Mark is you made a choice you made a conscious choice to create the business and the life that you wanted, which is why you have the portfolio career to do the things you want to do now. It's a choice. And I think this is the key thing about businesses. A lot of business owners struggle with, I need to grow a business. I need to employ people. But actually, they just need to sit back and work out, what is it I want? And if you want, come back to my things earlier, more time, less stress, more money, just work out how you do it. Because actually, there's lots of ways of achieving less time, uh, more, more time, less stress, more money. It's just a case of understanding relative to what. So I think that's a, that, that sounds like a good place to end in that case in terms of choice. So Mark, it's been lovely to talk to you. I've really enjoyed it. It's been a fascinating conversation in terms of where business owners are, where they need to be and some of the choices they need to make. And especially come back to this point around, if you want to build value in a business, you may need to structure it differently to if you're running a one-man band, one-woman band, portfolio business, which is just you. It's just a choice. So thank you very much. It really has been a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks, Mark. So that concludes this episode of Sparks. Thanks for listening. We're always looking for ideas on how to drive this podcast forward. So if you've got comments, please leave them via a review of our show, along with your rating. Or send us an email to sparks at eviumconsult.com.